0: Welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hall. With me this week, we have a special guest. I mean, he's special every week. My co-host, the one and only. Patrick Terry. Yeah, kind of. Kind of tried to surprise people. Like, oh, really? This didn't say anything when I pulled up the episode. And didn't Oh. Yeah. Trick- Damn it. That's well, so the trick. That, ref- guy. <laughs> that was the trick. You're the creed. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my friend. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Ugh, what a week. Uh, so we, uh, I didn't even tell you about this uh, yet, so I'll kind of get into this real quick for my what's new. Um, after we got done recording uh, last week, mm-hmm. New York finished all his schooling. I said, hey man, I got a movie for us to watch. I said, I think you'll like it. You're kinda liking cars now, you know, or at least you know, cool looking cars and everything. Yeah. I said I've got the perfect movie for you. It's got action. It's got cars. It's got cool fight scenes and just all kinds of full of ridiculousness. Is it okay. <laughs> so we watched Fast Five. Okay. As I as I like to recall as I like to call it the <laughs> the um To me, Fast Five is almost as as if it's the first in the franchise. And I don't mean to denigrate the first four of the Fast and Furious movies. It's just that it's the first one in which the filmmakers decided we want to be really self-aware about what we're making here. Like, we know this is ridiculous on whatever kind of epic scale you want to put it on. Yeah. But it's fun, and you're going to enjoy this. Is not going to try and be like taken like seriously. It's not that really the, the really first four were, were, but it had different kind of. Yeah,
1: it's basically the one where they figured it out. <laughs> like, so, oh, this is this is what we, this is what we should do. They they figured yeah. out their formula.
0: So, yes, yeah. the formula finally got made. The yeah. other ones were just kind of the experiments, and you know had not really sure where they were at. You know, like oh, all right, we're still working on it. You know. um... Just not quite ready yet. So, yeah. you know, I, I kind of like to start people when they're they're like, yeah, I don't, that's I don't really like those kind of movies. Start with five and work your way, and then if you get caught up, go back and watch the others, just so you can get the rest of the history. Because you're not really that lost if you start at five. Yeah. So, no. Um. So <laughs> we're watching this and. I'm explaining this to him. I said, dude, the Fast and Furious movies are equivalent to a um, a soap opera for guys. That's yeah. essentially what the Fast and Furious it's, it's like if dudes needed a soap opera, that's what this movie is. And, of course, then I had to try and realize that York doesn't know what a soap opera is at nine. So I'm like, okay, so... I said because you've got these two best friends. I said you got these two friends, although they weren't friends at first. And you know, I'm trying to explain the history. And then I'm like, you got people that will end up having amnesia, and then you you know that will die or which you think are dead, and then they come back later and they're not. I said it's just you know then you know then the you know people that are bad guys turn out to be good guys, and then that's you know then they kind of join the team. Then you get new bad guys, which then also become is it just I said, it's almost that way throughout this. And it just gets... I said, in every movie, gets more and more ridiculous. Yeah. I said... So, we watched it, and he really enjoyed it. So, we're... <clears throat> I think today, um, there's enough time after he gets done with all his schoolwork and stuff, we're going to try and watch uh, number six. Okay. So you know, I said, dude, six is cool because the villain's uh, car... I think they call it the slingshot or something. He has this thing where he... It's like... Uh, man. Like it's uh, like a mounted ramp on the hood of the car so whenever he could turn around and go towards oncoming traffic and cars just zoom up and then, you know, do these flip in the air and everything and then crash. And so then I'd showed him the trailer for it. He's like, Oh my gosh, yeah. I see that looks good, doesn't it? He's like, Yeah. So I think we're gonna yeah. watch that one today. Cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah. So that's what we had going on last Monday, and what we've got uh, going on this Monday. Before we had to pick Grayson up for dance. (laughs)
1: That's cool. That's cool. And I guess Fast and Furious kind of like became like a comic book because you know comic books have all kind of random things happen. Enemies flip, flip, you know, people flip sides a lot, and people join and leave teams and join different factions. Yeah, so it's more like a comic book. Everybody
0: has a special skill. Yeah.
1: Exactly, <laughs> they're like the Avengers, <laughs> but for yeah. but for cars and now spy type things. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, and that's kind of what I told York. I said because uh, there's that first fight between Hobbs and uh, and Dom. I said, mm-hmm. look, it's I said, look, it's Black Adam finding Groot. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so there's your superhero. Yep. He's uh. like what? Yeah. <laughs> so he voices Groot and. And the Rock's gonna play Black Adam in the new movie. So early uh, crossover. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's a Marvel DC, Marvel DC crossover that nobody really wants. <laughs> <laughs> right. Mm-mm. Brood and Black Adam. Nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you doing good?
1: Uh, pretty good. Um, I did fix my phone. Oh. I just I, I ordered a completely uh, assembled screen. I just switched them out so now I got volume on my earpiece. The ear speaker works now. Okay. I just didn't I didn't know what I I think I may have messed up the cable. And so just switching out the whole screen, everything works now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So cool, cool. As as I just don't have the touch ID because I didn't want to fiddle with removing, you know, switching out the home button. So yeah. <laughs> Victory. <laughs>
0: there
1: you go. Yeah. But other than that. Hadn't done much this week. It's just been a... Just work. that's basically it. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um... So I guess we ought to get... We'll get into our feature then. Um... Watch Party number three. Um... The new Netflix... Um... Halloween movie. Halloween comedy. I guess a good way to put it. Uh... Hubie Halloween. Starring Adam Sandler. Um... I think he's now, like, co-owner in Netflix, isn't he? Because he's had, like, 20 movies or something like that. Might as well be. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> or at least a partner. Um, yeah. Bro probably definitely has some stock in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> probably part of his contract. Um. Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. It's, uh... Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed I
1: it. <clears throat> I did, too. It was... Like I said afterwards, it was like the first part, first half was kind of like, eh, but then it picked up and it made sticking with it worth it in the end because I was right. I was, I was kind of ready to write it off at first because like I've had people say they yeah. enjoyed it and everything and then for a while I wasn't seeing it.
0: <laughs> oh okay.
1: But but I stuck with it, you know. So yeah,
0: I did enjoy it. Okay, uh, do you want to do plot summary
1: or? Um, basically, uh, Hubie, he's a delicatessen worker who not only loves his hometown, but he loves Halloween, and every year he basically just tries to keep everybody safe during that time. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a, um,
0: yeah, yeah, that basically sums it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to do it. You're doing, see, you do this better than I do anyways. (laughs) Um, but yeah, he's. So Adam Sandler plays Hubie Dubois. Um, Dubois. Yes, a figure of mockery for kids and adults alike. Uh, but you know, this year there's a killer on the loose. Um, he's Hubie loves Halloween. However, he's also terrified of everything.
1: <laughs> Every, <laughs> pretty much everything. Everything. Yes.
0: <laughs> like your little jump scares and things. You might just be like, oh. Okay, that kind of startled me a little bit. That'd be a bad... I mean, he like, and, yeah, you know, flip out and. Try
1: <laughs> he does and not have pudding. nerves of steel. This is more like quitting. Yes.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Jill. That's I oh, like better though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> th- this movie is, r- I guess you could say, rife with uh, cameos. Um, the one thing out. I. One thing I, w- I actually enjoyed about this movie, they definitely made this movie a part of, I guess the was the Happy Happy Madison universe um, yeah. that Adam Finkel has because there were callbacks to Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, I think even Big Daddy. I think You know what I didn't look for? I didn't look to see if someone was uh was it not Scuba Steve, Scuba Sam? from no, big daddy so. steve okay yeah steve. um uh i was i might watch it again see if there's a see if someone's dressed up like that but like okay. of course you've got the uh you got the usual suspects in this movie in an adam sandler movie kevin james um steve buscemi rob schneider who i called out his character fairly early <laughs> yeah um i was like Spot knew on. it um <laughs> But uh, cameos like Ben Stiller um, makes a really cool came- I mean, you, you can enjoy this movie without having seen any of the other Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. But if you do, it's like a special treat, I guess. you like, oh, that's from, you know, yeah. to pick up on all that. Um, Julie Bowen's in it, which she was in Big Daddy. So, you know, brought her back for that. Ray Liotta's in it, and he's playing very much Ray Liotta's typical, you know, with a little bit extra. But yeah. then you've got your Saturday Night Live um, alumni that show up in it. Maya Rudolph, Tim Meadows, um, Mikey Day from the current Keenan Thompson. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of who else is in that pops up. Uh, Colin Quinn. Of course, Dan Patrick's in it because I think during Happy Gilmore's kind of where they became friends or whatever. I don't know, they got introduced. And then mm-hmm. um, Dan Patrick started showing up in Adam Sandler's movies. Um, so Dan Patrick makes an appearance in this. Um, there's a cameo for, for the radio DJ that I don't want to give away because it's too funny and it kind of might give away. Mm-hmm. if we tell you who it is then you'll be looking for it and then um you know just it's just one of those things best to just go ahead and watch um but that scene at the radio station is still probably to me the most disturbing scene in the movie (laughs) i'm like oh no i don't like this at all (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) i can't even give my my reference because it would give it away (laughs) exactly yeah
0: um but yeah, and then they had, uh, if you remember in Billy, the way, there was a lady in Billy Madison that played uh, like the frontier lady when they went and did the field trip. She's in it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great cameos, a lot of references to uh, previous um, Adam Sandler movies. So if you have seen them, the ref- you'll get the references. If you haven't, like, um, like I think York would like this movie. Um, he won't get the references because he hasn't seen the others. I don't think he might have seen Happy Gilmore. I'm not sure, but he hasn't seen the other yeah. um, movies, so he may not. He you know he may, he won't get them, but you know the rest as adults probably will. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it's I really enjoyed it, and it uh it had a lot of good funny bits in it, and that um that made me happy um the only thing that got annoying was the voice he chose for this i mean i yeah. know it's to kind of his character it just like the first 10 minutes I'm like oh okay he's doing i don't want to say wacky out of because it's not that but he's kind of doing his bobby boucher with a twist you know and it's yeah, it yeah gets a I'd, bit I'd watch the tra-
1: i'd watch the trailer and that's the first thing I thought of when I heard the voice. I'm like, oh, he's channeling his inner Bobby Boucher. <laughs> yeah. So it's oh, Farmer Fran. Type.
0: Yeah, Farmer Fran was in. Speaking of Bobby Boucher, Farmer Fran was in Makes a Cameo. I mean, not as Farmer Fran, but okay. the actor um, was the restaurant owner where Julie Bowen works. So.
1: Damn, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, I don't that's why I know did in, I didn't. The chat, in the chat. I put Farmer Fran. And
1: then, okay. Yeah, uh, it didn't register. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been, been a minute but then they had kind of like yeah. a a little small reference to the movie halloween with the shot of yeah. the town and and someone with the mask was walking through i was like ooh, it reminded me of yeah. halloween <laughs>
0: yeah. well and there was a shot at the top of the stairs too um where one of the kids is like looking down in the basement and mm. it's also another i think halloween reference but oh, yeah. like, there's references to halloween movies in this all over and it's yeah it is a fun movie. It is uh, rated PG-13. And I think the reason why is because, I mean, because there's not really any language. And even the scary mm-hmm. scenes aren't really that scary. Um, you know, it's very minor. I, don't, I think there is a <laughs> there is a scene where Adam Sandler's mom in the movie um, is wearing a shirt that says Boner Donor. <laughs> and... Yeah. And of course, they're trying to figure out what boner means, and uh, they think it means like a mis- like when you make a mistake, then that kind of becomes a running gag throughout the movie with other characters in the movie. Yeah. Like, wow, oh, I really, I really bonered that one, or something like that, or had a real boner moment. That's that's what they were trying to, yeah, to do. So it, you know, um, but her shirts and throughout this movie just kept cracking me up. So, um. But yeah, no, I I think it's good. Um, I don't think it's for younger kids, obviously. Um, but I think for like maybe eleven or twelve and up. I mean York, I probably and York's more mature for his age. I think I think he'll like it. Um, you know, and probably will enjoy it. You and I both agreed we we want Adam Sandler's um, Swiss Army Thermos. Yes. <laughs> It does everything. Yeah, man. It would grow great with my Squis my Swiss gear backpack. Um Right. Maybe that's why they maybe that's what the water bot the Swiss gear water bottles, maybe that's why they're so expensive. Even forty percent hmm. off, they're still sixteen dollars for a water bottle that, that isn't really that fancy. It's just a water bottle with their name on the side. I'm like, no. But unless they're Swiss gear ones, maybe i maybe that's maybe I haven't looked too much into it. I'll do right. more research on it. Got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, flashlight. I mean, it actually
1: does what a thermos is supposed to do. Keeps your hot stuff hot, yep. cold stuff cold. Uh, it's even like a, a blender
0: <laughs> or a, blender, a juicer. A, yeah, a blender. Um, let's see, what else? A blender, a telescope, a power drill, a grappling hook. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to think of what else. Okay. Hairdryer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, vacuum. <laughs> Because it had vacuum out the glass. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It. it did Every all time he
1: showed stuff. it, I was just like, <laughs> "I want that thermos."
0: <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I was like, and that's pretty smart. Whoever came up with that, um, you know, did a good job. The movie was di- directed by uh, Stephen Brill. Stephen Brill has directed a lot of Adam Sandler stuff. He directed his comedy special on Netflix, um, 100% fresh. Uh, he also directed Sandy Wexler with Adam Sandler, The Do-Over, which I'm going to get around to watching, um, Walk of Shame, he did direct movie 43, oh, that's not good, um, <laughs> Drill Bit Taylor with Owen Wilson, Without a Paddle, Mr. Deeds, Little Nicky, um, and Heavyweights was his first movie back in 95. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, a lot of comedy.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um but, yeah, I would recommend this one for sure. Uh, it's a good, especially, you know, this time of year, it's a good movie to watch. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, alrighty, let's see here. What we got next? I guess it's my turn to go first. I think. Feeling like it is. Um, so, yeah, so this week we, for, I guess I'll get kind of to start off with uh, our family movie night movie. Mm-hmm. This decided to do Race to Witch Mountain from 2009, uh, starring The Rock. I mean, that's kind of a safe bet for us in our house because mm-hmm. it likes his stuff and, you know, York, you know, it's something York will like. It's a Disney movie, so I don't have to worry about someone, you know, about language or, you know, or, or uh, subject matter, I guess, you know, type of things. So I would never I actually had never seen this before. Um, because it was 2009, it's year before York was born, and you know we just I just went into those movies, so right, there's no reason right. for me to have seen it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's on Disney Plus, and so we, uh, so we watched it. If you haven't seen it, this is a, I guess a reboot or adaptation, whatever you want to call it, remake, um, from the 70s. I think it's 1970s um escape from witch mountain so race to witch mountain um from 2009 an hour and 38 minutes starring dwayne the rock johnson carla giugino anna Sophia rob and alexander ludwig and oh and i believe it's pronounced kirion kirion heinz he's actually irish but it, his name does not maybe it's just me um so he uh who plays the villain? Oh, and Tom Everett Scott's also in it, and uh, then a kind of a smaller role. It's about a Las Vegas cabbie that enlists the help of a UFO expert to protect two siblings with paranormal powers from the clutches of an organization that wants to use the kids for their nefarious plans. That organization being our government, but you know we'll just let yeah, that yeah. one. Start. It's kind
1: of <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> um. You know, just the government trying to take two kids and whatnot. Two ewig <laughs> away. No big deal. You know, they're predicting the future in 2009. <laughs> Pretty much. Mercy. They didn't put them in cages, they just put them in operating tables where they can poke and prod them, I guess. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, and, you know, the, uh, Dwayne Johnson's character, Jack Bruno, which, trust me, if you don't know the name, you will hear it more times you can count. If you if you wanted to do a drinking game, you would be hammered by the time you got done. If you took a drink every time, they said Jack Bruno, like two names together, not just Jack. So, wow. I was like, oh my god, uh, this was a fun movie. It's cute. I mean, it's cute. It's fun. There's a lot of action. Um, special effects are a little, you know, they were they're dated, but they're not so much that you laugh you're like oh this is kind of a little more obvious but there's still you know but then you think oh for 2009 you know this movie is nine years or you know this movie is 11 years old now it's still pretty good graphics for you know 11 year old movies so yeah uh so you know it kind of still holds up some but it was a fun watch um both my kids enjoyed it uh quite a bit. Um, yeah. They got a kick out of it. Oh, I forgot, uh, Cheech Martin makes a cameo and so does Gary Marshall. So those are kind of nice. Just kind of rare. But Gary Marshall didn't direct it. He just happened to be in it. Um, the movie is directed by uh, Alex Thickman and he directed Playing with Fire with John Cena that we've covered on the show. Ah, yes. Firefighter 1. Um, He's Directed Kevin Can Wait, uh, the Kevin James Netflix special, uh, episodes of Live and Maddie from Disney TV show. Um, let's see, Paul Bart Mall Cop Two, so some Kevin James stuff. Um, let's see parental Guidance, uh, tr- this movie, uh, the Game Plan, which we had for family movie night, I think two weeks ago. Yep. So, with uh, The Rock and when he was on the football team, and this finds out he has a daughter and who loves ballet. So, and then uh, I think she's the man, and that's pretty much um, every, what everybody will know him from. So. so, there we go. We've now watched Family Move Night, two of his movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie's fun. It's, um, you know, it's good for all ages, I think. It's, rated PG. It's an hour, hour and 38 minutes long. It's a perfect time. Perfect length on it. Doesn't need any longer. Might be a couple minutes shorter, but you're really not losing anything by it. Um, no, it's fun. It's just funny to see how it's, fun. it's funny that even in 2009, you're like, wow, he still looks really built, but he looks skinny. Like when you say The Rock looks yeah. skinny for him. It's just crazy how much, how ridiculous he looks now, in 2020, yeah. compared to what he looks like then. Like, he's, he's still fit, but, like, he's fit, he looks he's more not, like a rock now. Yeah, <laughs> he literally looks like a collection of rocks. Yeah, older is more than anything. But there he actually looks, I mean, he still looks muscular, but he still looks, you know, he's still unfit to clothes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
0: um but no it's 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 a lot of fun it's a good time it's a perfect family movie night movie if you're looking for something definitely recommend it um so not sure what we're doing for this week coming up i'll have to peruse and see what we got um next uh movie that's not near as much fun to talk about (laughs) and slightly more depressing um and that is the Netflix documentary, "American Murder: The Family Next Door." It's a uh, it dropped September 30th on Netflix. It is a hour and twenty two minutes long. It definitely does kind of go by fairly quickly. I mean, it's a fast. I don't want to say a fast watch, but it is for me. I, and I've told this to everybody that I've talked to, and I, when I posted the trailer for this saying that. I was going to talk about it this week. We had comments of people that have already seen it, and, you know, they had some thoughts <laughs> on, on, uh, on the people in this. Um, it's in 20, 2018, 38-year-old Shanann Watts um, and her two young, her two youngest daughters disappeared in Colorado with the heartbreaking details emerging, the family story made into headlines around or made headlines around the world. It was directed by Jenny Popple. Well, wow. That's not an easy one to say quickly. Um, she's directed a T. Let's see. Couple of TV movies. And a uh, couple of shorts. So this is like her first big feature feature and first documentary too. So what they did was, and what I really, so I really enjoyed the structure and how they, uh, and the technical aspects of piecing together things, because it's not like they were interviewing people. Um, it's all pulled from either police body cameras, um, footage from like Facebook videos. Um, I don't want to say found footage, but you know, footage that was already readily available. And formed a documentary into it, okay. um, and it was uh, and it was very well done. I, I really enjoyed how they did it. It was the last thirty minutes, where the heart like 20, 25 minutes of the movie. There's a there's a scene that you know kind of I don't want to say changes the tone, but it goes from because it's very informative and very you're you're really. Involved in this, you know, you have thoughts about the, you know, about the victim, I guess you could say, um, about Shanann Watch. You have thoughts about her, um, some gave me some flashbacks, um, (laughs) uh, and then you definitely have thoughts about the husband and, you know, you're just, and then even, you know, some of the other people in the, you know, involved, but, you know, after, a lot and when that moment hits because I don't want to spoil it when this moment hits it just shifts and then like it was really kind of challenging challenging for me to finish. Um Mm -hmm. I don't think I've had a movie that I've kind of I don't want to say forced myself to finish um but you know was a little bit harder and seen a lot in my day (laughs) and I've heard a lot in my day. (laughs) But this you know, just really just was heartbreaking and hard to hard to kind of finish. Remember, um, not this past Oscar season, or maybe it was, it's just been so long, um, when I watched Forsama, um, the foreign language film about the, uh, the Syrians that were, had the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a hospital and they were, taking care of these kids and everything and so it was really hard for me to um to kind of watch you know the the footage of these kids and these people you know being brought into the hospital and everything um it's kind of like that but that's probably the last time i felt that everything else i could kind of you know get through but stuff like that is just really hard um but this movie so very well done as far as directing and putting the pieces together to a documentary that it takes because documentaries really don't have a it's not like a narrative film where you have the script ahead of time right you right. know you're literally just going and filming footage and then you know there's a story so you just have, then you had to start putting stuff together but when you you could kind of help i don't want to say manipulate but you know by having interviews and stuff like that you can set a structure you know okay we're going to ask right. these questions because you had that ahead of time. There's none of that. It's here's all the footage we were able to get. Let's see what we can piece together and form a You know, here's some random pieces to a jigsaw. Let's hope they all come together and to make an actual picture when they're done. It's basically what this right. movie like. So my hat's off to them for make, you know, being able to do that with what they had. And, um, I really enjoyed it. If you like like true crime stuff, you know you'll like this. But be forewarned, that last you know after like the one hour mark or so, you're you know it it may be a little bit difficult, you know to, and not from a visual aspect either. It's not like things that are are being shown are hard to watch. It's what's mm-hmm. being discussed. I guess is more hard right. to, <laughs> more hard to listen than it is. So it's not a visual part. It's a auditory i guess part as far as what they're talking about and everything um but yeah i liked it it was it was brutal i i'll be honest after i got done watching this i needed a palate cleanser so so i actually watched like two episodes of the office (laughs) just just to have something seriously just to have something a little more yes (laughs) light-hearted and uh it was, uh, so I'm like, all right, when am I going to watch next? Cause you know, want well, one more movie to talk about just in case. And I, everything I looked up just was depressing. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, no, this is going to be sad. Nah, another documentary. Okay. Now nah, this is God, more bummed out stuff. You know, I'm like, need yeah. something mindless or funny. So I found mindless instead. Mindless yet, informational. Another documentary. um, It's called Unacknowledged. It's a UFO documentary from 2017 at an hour and 40 minutes. It is on Hulu, which is where I found it. Um, You know, the tagline is, we're not alone. We never were. (laughs) Unacknowledged, (laughs) Unacknowledged, an expose of the world's greatest secret. Um, And this isn't like some it kind of reminds you of something from either nat geo or you know id or one of the, or discovery you know that where it's just another one that's like one hour things about ufos and they got the cheesy music and you know and the dude on there aliens um but this one is actually a little more this one has like use it has nothing but interviews unlike the last documentary this is nothing right. but interviews. But also footage also shows like, uh, you know, like government documents and everything it goes through history, um, but it you know, focuses on the historic files of the Disclosure Project and how UFO secrecy has been ruthlessly enforced and why the best evidence for extraterrestrial contact dating back decades is presented with direct top secret witness testimony Documents in uh, UFO footage, 80% of which has never been revealed anywhere else. The behind-the-scenes research and high-level meetings convened by Dr. C- Stephen Greer, who is interviewed, uh, will expose the degree, the degree of illegal, covert operations at the core of UFO secrecy. Um, anything from briefings with CIA director to top Pentagon generals, admirals, to the briefing of President Obama via, via senior advisor, John Podesta, chairman of the uh, Clinton campaign. we uh, They take a they take the viewer behind the veiled secrecy and into the corridors of real power where UFO secrets reside. Uh, viewers warn that, you know, there's a silent coup d'etat that has occurred dating back to the 1950s and that the Congress, the President, and other world leaders have been sidelined by criminal elements within the military-industrial-financial complex. You know, your conspiracy theory shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it's. I watch this, I'm entertained, I'm keeping an open mind, you know, I'm not trying, you know, it. even though the summary sounds awfully conspiracy, conspiracy theory heavy. The documentary doesn't try and doesn't try and focus on the conspiracy theories. It tries to sh- present facts, okay? It, you know, through interviews of people that worked in the military, worked for the Air Force, people that first count, you know, that have first-hand accounts with the military Okay, you know, of, these, of these things, not not just some dude with a tinfoil hat, you know, talking about, you know, the truth is out there, you know, not trying to be all, they're not all Fox Mulder, you know, and my sister got abducted. You know. But it was, yeah. um, and then I've we've seen in the past, since this documentary has been made, the basically the government's coming out saying, yeah, of course there are UFOs, here's some footage. And then everybody, like, you know, wigging out about it for like, a day or you know for like a week and then it's just kind of their new news cycle so you know kind of kind of gone by the wayside yeah uh something i was surprised i didn't see was an interview from tom delong because he's a big Ufo person um and for people that don't know who that is he used to be the guitar, the weak guitarist and guitarist and lead singer putting singer in air quotes um, for Blink one of my favorite bands. Um, however, has since he he's left and um, he, has his own ba- you know, he has his own band, you uh, know, his own band, Angels and Airwaves, and he's actually doing a. Do- I think I posted this on our page one day or one time, like a or maybe I just sent it to you. I can't remember, but I guess he's doing his own UFO documentary uh, with all the evidence he's collected. So with the you know, with UFOs existing and everything, it's a fun documentary to watch. I enjoyed it. If you're interested in that sort of thing, I think you'll enjoy this. It's uh, narrated by G- Giancarlo Esposito, so you know he's, and he has a really good voice. He does a really good job as a as a uh, voiceover, whatever you want to call it. Narrator. That's what they call those people. Narrators. <laughs> How about that. Um but that it was the perfect thing for me to watch to be honest to kind of just have something fun and just entertaining and informative actually um so that was unacknowledged so that's it for me man
1: all righty so amazon studios and blumhouse productions apparently made a deal for eight movies, and currently there's four movies that have been released, and I guess the whole thing is called Welcome to Blumhouse.
0: <laughs> yes, and I so, looked at a couple because I thought about watching them, and those are the ones I'm like, nope, not after this documentary, I just watched No, nope, we're good. Yeah. I'll, maybe <laughs> next week.
1: <laughs> so, so I watched two of the four that currently are available, and there's supposed to be four more to be announced. Okay. Um, so the first one, uh, I watched Evil Eye. Um, it is it's, the budget was like five million. I, I mean, you know, Bloomhouse they have the pretty. They, they do pretty. It. They don't need big budgets. They don't need it.
0: Um, no, it's a horror movie.
1: They don't need it. Yep. Uh, runtime is ninety minutes, so good sweet spot of time. Uh, directed by, um, uh, I want to say it's Elan Desani and um, Rajiv Desani. So they both primarily worked on shorts. Um, one short, "Seam," uh, ten years, Miranda Rights, and Prague Spring. But Rajiv has actually done a couple of uh, one, uh, at least one feature film called "Watercolor," "Watercolor Post- Postcards," um, and the Nevsky, I mean the Nevsky Prospect. And his short that he did on his own was Lone, was it Loney, Laney Caller? Or Lon- Looney Caller?
0: I might have misspelled that. I'm having fun with <laughs> this, man. I'm just letting you go with
1: it. <laughs> I may have misspelled that. Uh, but it's starring Sarita Trottery as Usha. The first time I saw her in a movie was Mississippi Masala. And that was yep. her debut. Because as soon as I saw her, I was like, man, is that her? And I looked it up and, yeah, for sure. That is her. Um, you have Sunita. Manny as Pallavi, her daughter. Uh, Omar Muscati as Sandeep, who's the boyfriend that Pallavi meets. And think you have Bernard White as Krishnan. Most normal sounding name out of everybody.
0: There
1: you go. Um, <clears throat> so the synopsis that I chose, because the one on IMDb I think kind of gives some stuff away. Mm-hmm. But um, the one on Wikipedia... A seemingly perfect romance <clears throat> turns into a nightmare when a mother becomes convinced that her daughter's new boyfriend has a dark connection to her own past. So Usha wants her daughter to to marry because she feels like she'll you know that'll bring her happiness and she's young, she needs to go ahead and do that. But Polly wants to live independently. She's not thinking about love. She's um she's a writer and. You know, that's just the last thing on her mind. She just wants to live her life her way. But her mom's constantly pressuring her to to marry. So she even goes as far as to um, talk to somebody that she finds online and sets up uh, an encounter for them to meet. And Pallavi, Pallavi decides to reluctantly meet the person. So one of her friends goes with her and they go to this little coffee shop. And so her friend looks in the window and she's like, oh, this guy's handsome or whatnot. But then she looks in and said, oh, that's not him. That's definitely not him because, you know, the picture she showed, it wasn't really an attractive guy. But she goes in, decides to wait, and an hour passes. And this dude's like an hour late. And, And the guy she was spying approaches and talks to her and just basically just says, so I guess you're here to meet someone that you were arranged to meet and whatnot. Just basically calls her out on it. But mm-hmm. they they, bas- they they eventually they basically just hit it off right right then and there and um, the guy does eventually show up but of course she's left with um, Sandeep and they click vibe right off the bat and they start dating and so Polly V and her mom mostly communicate by way of phone and so she tells her after about a month of dating that she has a boyfriend and you know at first. Her mom's supportive and happy. It's like finally, you've got a, got got someone in your life. Um, but as she learns more about the boyfriend, she starts noticing some similarities from someone from her past, and she starts getting suspicious. So the biggest thing she's real into is this. Uh, like, um, she's in India. Palavy's in New Orleans, and you know, India they have this. There's this thing called the evil eye. Which um, I I looked it up on wiki. Wiki, wiki, (laughs) wiki. So the evil eye is a superstitious curse or legend believed to be cast by a malevolent glare, usually given to a person when one is unaware. Uh, Many cultures believe that receiving the evil eye will cause misfortune or injury, while others believe it to be a kind of supernatural force that casts or reflects a malevolent gaze back upon those who wish harm upon others, especially innocents. And then talismans or ambulance created to protect against evil are also frequently called evil eyes. But um, so the way the mother is presented as, you know, she's traumatized by a past experience. And when she starts suspecting that Pallavi's boyfriend is... I guess you could say the, the reincarnated version of someone she dealt that she was involved with 30 years ago. Uh, this person attempted to kill her, but um, she was able to get away. And then sometime after that, this person dies. But she feels like his spirit is still out to get her. <laughs> so uh, they were together. She broke free and then she married her current husband and was pregnant with Pala V at the time. But this guy tracked her down and again and uh, ended up attempting to kill her but there she actually gets the chance to talk to sandeep and then some of the things that he says are similar to what this guy said to her 30 years ago which you know, kind of fuels her suspicion but her husband and everyone else around her she just comes off like she's crazy you know she's just coming up with these wild ideas and nobody believes her so it's just you know that kind of situation, um, and you're left to kind of think, you know, is she really telling the truth, or is this just her, I guess, PTSD of her situation making her think and being overprotective of her daughter? And you know, through the interaction, it, it kind of, I guess, little bait and switch. You know, you're thinking one thing, like, is it going to go this way, or is it going to go that way? And I don't want to give, I don't want to give it away, but. Um, All right. For the most part, I was really into the story. It kind of felt like a just a TV movie that you watch because um, it's, it's listed as a horror mystery type movie. But I didn't really get that vibe from it. Yeah, it was it was more like just a normal you know mom suspicious of her daughter's boyfriend. Um, maybe like slight elements of the uh, supernatural, maybe. <laughs> but um, by the end of the movie, I felt like it kind of felt flat with the ending.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So. The, the setup wasn't, the payoff wasn't as, as good as the setup. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of like my opposite, opposite effect of when we watched Hubie Hall, Halloween, where I was like, right. the beginning, I was kind of like, eh. then by the end I was like, cool. This one, I, I like where it was going. Then when it got to the end, I was kind of left unsatisfied in a way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the performances overall, everybody did, did their job. Well, um, it really is kind of hard to talk about the end without kind of spoiling it. Right. But it's hard to recommend it because <laughs> I mean I can recommend it because you might have a different outcome. You might might like how everything ended up. But um, but I mean, it just it has a fifty-five percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Mm. So.
0: <laughs> Might be on <earned> to something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I was enjoying it till the end. Gotcha yeah. Um, tough for that one. So the, the next movie I watched was Black Box. Okay. This one has a little better uh, rating on Rotten Tomatoes, seventy four percent. Came out October sixth on Prime Video. These are Prime Video releases. Uh, it's an hour and 40 minutes. The director... I seem to pick movies with names I can butcher. It's like I just seek these out now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the director is Emmanuel Osai Q4 Jr. Great I said that right? You
0: great.
1: Uh, starring Mamadou Athie as Nolan, who last I... Uh, the movie he was in that I talked about... He was in um, The Five Bloods. And yeah. uh, on court, he played the uh, sommelier, the wine yeah. expert. Uh, then it also stars Felicia Rashad as Dr. Brooks, Amanda Christine, his daughter Ava, uh, Tosin Moro-Hunfolo as Dr. Yaboa, Troy James, um, Charmaine Bingwa, and Donald Watkins I'm not telling you who they play because it kind of gives some stuff away. Those last two, those last few. So the only information for a budget I was able to find, but it wasn't confirmed said maybe 19 million, but in parentheses it says to be confirmed. So I'm not for sure on that. Um, So it's about a man who suffers from not only losing his wife, but also his memory. So six years prior, I mean, six months prior to this story, there's an accident that happens that he survives, but his wife does not. And also as a result, he spends three days in a coma and miraculously comes back around, but he has memory loss from it. And so not only does this, does he have to deal with try to re- remembering his life, he also has to raise his daughter. And so, but she does help him out to try to um function in life you know she helps him get dressed and remember just your normal daily routine things posted notes around the house just like don't work don't forget this don't forget your keys you know just normal routine things um <clears throat> but nolan himself uh, for the past 12 years was the lead photographer at his job which he worked for a newspaper and they don't really go much into what his wife did, but I believe she was a, a writer for the same newspaper. Um, again, his daughter, Ava, writes posted notes as reminders on household chores and activities. Um, but due to his memory loss, he has trouble connecting with his daughter. Like they have a special handshake that they have that he just can't seem to get right. Right. Uh, yeah. And he's had many doctor's appointments, people reaching out to him to just kind of, I guess, for study because the type of injury he had, they're just surprised he's able to really walk around and function because it's hit some real brain damage. Um, But he eventually decides to reach out to Dr. Brooks to help because she is a neurospecialist. And by way of hypnosis and a device she calls the black box, she wants to help him remember who he is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. The movie starts off. We see him holding his daughter, Ava, while his wife records. And then we see throughout the movie he has his hand bandaged. Uh, but apparently he he punched a hole in the wall. Had like oh. an anger outbursts. And, you know, from that you're like, okay, maybe he got frustrated because he can't remember anything and he just took it out on the wall. You know. I guess that happens.
0: It does. I've seen Andy Bernard do it twice on The Office. Ah. <laughs> ah, see? <laughs> <laughs> um, so,
1: the beginning of the movie, he's dropping his daughter off for school, but then he also has an interview to try to get his old job back. Yeah. And when he goes, things don't work out the way he's expecting it to because his boss, his former boss, is saying that his latest photo- photographs aren't to the same quality as what they were before his accident. And even though she wants, I guess she wants to help him out because of everything, but it's clear that he's not where he used to be. And so he just has to accept that. But um, when he has his meeting with Dr. Brooks, she first does a trial one trial run with hypnosis, which kind of reminded me of get out when the mom there puts him in a sunken place, mm-hmm. but she has him focused on the wall and just uses meditative words to get him into that sleep stasis and he's in just like the dark part of his brain and you know he doesn't see much mm-hmm. but then he starts hearing uh like crackling sounds and this contorted looking body starts approaching him and he gets freaked out and he comes to and the dr brooks is impressed because usually when she does hypnosis People don't have that kind of response, you know, so he's kind of showing that he's he's got a little more going on in his brain than most that have injuries. So. As the movie goes on, he starts having these moments where he just kind of spaces out and has memories return. But on this day, after his first appointment with Dr. Brooks, he forgets to pick up his daughter from school. So the teacher has to drop her off. But she does give him a warning, say this is like the second time this happened. If it happens a third time, you're going to get child services involved. So, but it kind of made me wonder, like if if it's been six months since the accident and he had three mo- three days in the coma, why doesn't he have like a living assistance to help him mm-hmm. with his child? You know, that's just something that I had questioned about. But I guess that's maybe like a little, little plot hole there, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But he goes back to Dr. Brooks, and this time she uses her black box device, which is like a a cap, sensors made into a cap that fits over his brain, over his head, I mean. And then she has like a VR device that fits over his eyes that has a similar cross that he can focus on while she puts him under hypnosis. And she she wants him to think of a safe place. So his safe place is his daughter's room um so she said this is a place that you can come back to should things get crazy but when he's in this stasis he has a watch that he wears and you know where you wind it up at you press it in that'll take you to this memory where it'll actually put you in your memory where you can see everything and you can wind the watch back or forward to certain memories so his first memory goes to is a wedding in a church and he sees his wife coming down the aisle he immediately lifts the veil but something's off, the face is blurred. You can't see what she looks like. Mm. Then he looks out into the other people that are there, their faces are blurred. But then again, this same figure comes out from the pews, all contorted like um, Linda Blair and her exorcist. Mm. Yeah. And starts approaching him. And so he gets freaked out again and just jumps out and that ends that session. And so he starts having other random visions of going to, like, a sushi place um, to which he takes his daughter Ava to, saying that was him and his wife's favorite place. And so he just introduces her to sushi. But then he has another vision in an apartment with his daughter, young. But there's, like, broken dishes. And then he sees his wife again. But again, the main thing is blurred faces still. Nobody. You can't really see their face. All right. And that's like one hurdle that he needs to overcome. But the thing is about the apartment vision, he doesn't recall him and his wife ever living in an apartment. And so he has a friend that's a ortho doctor, Dr. Yeboah, that he talks to about this. And then he also brings up uh, the fact that he punched a, a hole in a wall. And and in that last vision, he notices his wife has bruises on her arm. So he asks, has he ever been violent? Did he ever hit his wife? And he's like, no, you... You never do anything like that. Like, um, couldn't bear, couldn't even get you to watch boxing, let alone mm-hmm. do it. So he's so he's confused by the visions that he's seeing because it doesn't really match what he remembers, and so he starts questioning what his life really was. You know? Right, and because um, the only thing he remember was living in the house with his wife, and he just doesn't remember the apartment, which is explained like maybe it's just you know. Something that happened prior. You know, he starts thinking maybe he cheated on his wife. You know, because mm-hmm. you know some place he doesn't recognize. But um, just the more it goes on with his memory, he starts getting even more disconnected from his daughter. Uh, more just not knowing what his real life was. And I will say, once everything is revealed, it's it's it's, it's kind of messed up. <laughs> It's messed really? up. <laughs> it okay. is really messed up. <laughs> it's so messed up. Um, but it's interesting. <laughs> okay. And um, even though, again, this is like Evil Eye. It started off strong. Then it, when it gets to the very end, it just kind of falls short a little bit. So okay. So the payoff. I wasn't. Not- yeah, the payoff's not that great, but it's a little better than Evil Eye. Okay. It's just it's just like not even the whole ending is unsatisfactory, but it just doesn't hit as hard as it could have. Okay.
0: Um,
1: but the concept itself, just being able to go into your own memory, seeing everything, that's, I like that. Um, but yeah, I do recommend this one. Okay. Even though the ending is a little unsatisfactory, but I do recommend this one. Um. So there's two more movies currently from this, Welcome to Blumhouse, and then four more to be introduced. So, I might watch the other two this week. Okay. It's called the other two, The Lie and The Nocturne.
0: And we'll see what those are about. Yeah. I think I was going to look, I think I, I think I would looked at watching The Lie. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, I I need something. (laughs) I can't do it after this movie. I was like, I I need something a little bit less, um, a little bit less than that. Um, yeah yeah. okay cool um so trailers here i'll pull this up real quick trailers is coming out believe it or not as more theaters go back to closing (laughs) Um, right so but we're still getting trailers coming out for something i guess um we've got Coming out Friday, I guess, at some theater, maybe drive ins, I guess, is The Empty Man with uh, James Badge Dale. Uh, if you are like me and are a fan of the TV show 24, I believe he was on season three. Why do I know that? I don't know because I really enjoyed I loved that movie, and that's what I remember him from. Played Chase. Yep. So, anyways, he's also in um, Iron Man 3. He was like the guy, like one of the. One of the guys that had the—he was like the main villain, I guess. That wasn't—that wasn't. All that wasn't, um, oh, I drawing a blank. <laughs> the Mandarin. You—he was the military guy that glowed and did all that stuff. Um, he was the main villain. Oh, for
1: that. The one that was supposed to meet Tony on the on the on the roof, but it got left tongue dry. No, oh, not, not that. Him. Not God. that guy. Not okay.
0: the, okay. the actual okay. military guy that glowed and could burn stuff with his hand, you know. And
1: was that, like, early on in the movie? Huh? That was kind of early in the movie, his scene, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, the I think I know what you're talking about. He's also in the movie yeah. as, I guess, the main villain villain. But, I mean, as far as, I guess, the main, he's the main henchman, I guess, is a better okay. way to... Okay. Anyways, it stars him, Steven um, and uh, basically on the trail of a missing girl, an ex-cop comes across a secretive group attempting to summon a terrifying supernatural entity. It says in theaters October 23rd, so sure. (laughs) We'll see, I guess. Um, There's a new trailer for for Pixar's new movie, Soul, um, which I keep hearing good reviews about. Um, which uh, basically what I'm hearing is it's Pixar's best movie. So that should be saying something. Um, A musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. Uh, It's supposed to be coming out Christmas, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, uh, Alice Braga... Richard Aote, uh, Felicia Rashad, Donnell Rollins, Quest Love, Angela Bassett, I mean, on David Diggs, which my wife will be happy about. She loves David Diggs. Um, Wes Studi, oh, Fortune Fimster is in it. Um, and a bunch of others. I mean, it's, yeah, huge cast. So, uh, Christmas, still set. For that, so I guess I
1: think we'll it's actually going to come to Disney Plus.
0: I i, but I don't know if it's going,
1: it's going to have that on. premium price or not. But
0: the best thing is going to be it pulling Mulan.
1: Hopefully, it'll just be like onward where it just goes straight to Disney Plus. Or if they, I mean, they could put it on VOD for a while first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: I mean people they, pay 20 and they ain't going to pay 30.
1: No, <laughs> no cause that's what I was saying with Mulan. They should just put out regular VOD. And yeah. then five months later, put it on Disney+. Plus, But yeah. uh, they want that premium price so they can get more oh. subscribers. Like, come on, dude. Nobody's doing that.
0: Yeah. Um, so, and then uh, next up is Sylvie's Love, which is set to come to Amazon Prime on Christmas. A, uh, a woman, woman working at her father's record store in Harlem in the late 1950s meets an inspiring saxophone player. Starring Tessa Thompson. Oh, yeah. Ambi Esomuga. There you go. Uh, Eva Longoria. Asia no- Naomi King. Wendy McClendon-Covey. Uh, Tone Bell. see. Lance Riddick. Ron Funches. Um, MC White. <laughs> I think that's it. So, looks interesting. Yeah. And the one of the movies that has been getting a lot of buzz on the, uh, of course, I'm probably not gonna be able to spell it, much less be able to pronounce it. Uh, let's see, eighteen forty 1840s period piece. 1840s England, acclaimed but overlooked fossil hunter Mary Anning, and a young woman sent. Uh, to convalesce by the sea, develop uh, an intense relationship altering both of their lives forever coming out november 13th this year starring kate winslet saoirse ronan jimma um, jones fiona shaw this has been getting a lot of buzz during the uh, festivals so we shall see and then the one my son is looking forward to the most Is based on the apparently very popular video game. He has it. I only know because I got it for him, and I've watched him play it. And the graphics are actually really good. Mm -hmm. Based on the video game Monster Hunter World, um, the movie Monster Hunter um, coming out December thirtieth, starring Mia Jovovich, Tony Jaw, T.I. Trying to see is there anybody else? Ron Perlman. Um, and so Um When Lieutenant Artemis and her loyal soldiers are transported to a new world, they engage in a desperate battle for survival against enormous enemies with incredible powers. Um, yeah. So, directed by Paul W. S. Anderson of Resident Evil franchise fame, or <laughs> Infamy, one of the two. <laughs>
1: Not surprised since Mila Jovovich is in this.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and Shocker. it's
1: also a Capcom property. So yeah. she has a thing for Capcom property, it seems. Yep.
0: <laughs> so, and I showed the trailer to New York. He's excited. But then it was like, well, that didn't happen. They wouldn't have this. I'm like, bro, it's going to It's gonna be like that. The entire movie is going to be like that. So just go, yeah. into, go into the movie knowing it's not going to be what you're hoping it to be. <laughs> it's a movie. They change a lot of things. <laughs> yes. It's All a video time. game movie. That's what they yeah. do best. Yeah. That's what they do best in video game movies is, is that. So, yeah. Um, oh, and we posted this on our, we posted this on our page. Um, actually you'd posted it. I had seen it and meant to, um, AMC is now offering, you can rent a theater for just $99 for up to 20 patrons Mm -hmm. to join your, your group or whatever. I was like, oh my God, this would be perfect. We could finally have our live event. Yeah, <laughs> just run out of the theater and just talk about movies. But it's like an extra hundred dollars or a hundred and something for a microphone. If you want microphones, I'm like, bro, wow. we could bring our bro. We could bring our own. We're good. Give us outlets.
1: Yep. <laughs> but uh, they said that older movies would be ninety nine dollars. More right. current movies would be one forty nine. Something like so, that. So, but if you get if you get twenty people, it's still do five dollars a piece. And then the other one is like about eight bucks a piece. Like, I don't still, think seen anybody has a problem for $10. With that. Yeah, yeah, I don't see I'm anybody. Like, and you can bring your own food. Just don't have anything that you expect to warm up. You know, have exactly. your have your your whatever containers that keep things warm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like I used to do. Whoop. Yeah. I, whoops, that yeah. was out one. Yeah. yeah. What? Huh? I ain't going to lie. I, <laughs> I heated up leftover. I'm not going to lie. I heated up. Back when they didn't really check backpacks very well, I used to, I'm not going to lie, I brought leftovers one time because I was super hungry and the movie was about to start. And yeah. So I snuck some, snuck some leftovers into my Tupperware and brought my own ut- plastic utensil and threw away after I got done.
1: Yeah, I remember my friend used to work at Domino's and one time went to the movie, got a couple of pizzas from there, wrapped it in some foil, somebody had a big jacket, boom, got in the theater, <laughs> took McDonald's one time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just back in uh, the nineties. I know. Right? So in That's my good age. old.
0: Yep. I know. Right. <laughs> um, I had somebody I knew in high school said that they worked you know, cause they worked at a theater and he said, it's like, listen, we didn't, it's like, we don't care. You could bring a refrigerator in here. We're not going to care. Right. So I'm like, All right. I mean, I guess you're, you're not getting paid enough. You know, it's, that works too. I guess it's kind of, yeah, kind of just is what it is. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I guess that's about it. Um, you got well, anything else? Yeah,
1: they they did release like some uh, posters for the movie coming to Netflix December eighteenth. My Rainey's Black Bottom with, um, mm-hmm. uh, Chadwick Boseman's last live action yes. movie. Yes. He still has some voiceover for that uh, Marvel project. But um, yeah. I'm I'm still ready for, to see that as well. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to see what the trailer will look like. So, I mean, I kind of want to watch it, but then I kind of like, man, maybe we should just wait till the movie drops and just watch it. But I kind of yeah. want to see how how they advertise it, also. Yeah.
0: That's okay.
1: right
0: <laughs> Well, if you want, I could always watch it first and then tell you. I'd be like, yeah, don't bother watching it. He's not even in it much, or yeah. or uh, yeah, man. I mean, depending on how much you want to see of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah all right cool all right man last uh last watch party coming saturday or sunday Mm. sunday Mm. night the one nobody's been waiting for except me
1: the main event
0: (laughs) the main event saving the worst for last
1: (laughs) now now i'm like man i should have watched this earlier then this wouldn't happen
0: (laughs) i know right see pretty (laughs) much my fault Then I wouldn't have given him this idea for us to do four Sundays in a row.
1: (laughs) Probably would have done it again.
0: Yeah, true. True that. (laughs) Oh, mercy. Oh, well. Yeah, man. Well, and and the thing is, too, I might not even have to rent it because it's on HBO right now. It just got added to HBO last week. I was like, okay, well, (laughs) there you go. Yep. Even better. Like, no getting out of it now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, so yeah man so cats is uh cats is coming it's sunday yes <laughs> prepared to be terrified and to have all kinds of thoughts about all kinds of things
1: <laughs> so it'll be like that one scene in he halloween but
0: all the time cringy yeah yeah it'd be a lot of cringiness but not, not, and then not really to start would be like oh, this isn't so bad yeah, yeah you, you, there will be a moment where you would be like you know what This really is not that bad and then you wait a couple of minutes and go, nope take that back <laughs> <laughs> okay Ooh. so yeah be prepared Ooh. and of course well, as i want to invite everybody to come join us so, i'll have
1: my drink ready
0: <laughs> bro you may need to at least yeah <laughs> be two fisting it that night yeah. okay <sighs> <sighs> mercy alright man Um, I guess that's it for myself Jeff Hall and my everyday guest <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patrick Terry <laughs>
0: every, every episode guest there we go Yeah. that's what I meant we will mm-hmm. catch you all next week or Sunday night at at our watch party on cast Yep, yep. <laughs>